it will never get old again seeing you all sitting in the congregation. Golly. It will never get old again seeing you sit in the congregation. Goodness gracious, Lord. My, Bessie, help me this morning. Goodness gracious. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 4. I messed up. Hannah, I'm sorry. It wasn't 13. It was 4. Luke chapter 4. Last week we looked at an incredibly sad event in Old Testament Jewish history when we looked at the murder of Abel by his own brother Cain. And we stopped and we tried to to really get our minds wrapped around the thought of a brother killing his younger brother. It, It was a hard thing to grasp. We learned that both brothers learned what to properly offer the Lord in sacrifice by their, prayer, their parents' experience in the garden when they realized that they were naked. God had to kill an animal to cover their sin. We learned that Cain made a choice, just like every single one of us make choices. Some of y'all have already made choices this morning. Some of you made some bad choices. Some of you made some good choices, like coming to church, Amen. And that that one choice that Cain made, that one choice, put him on a path of destruction. We learned as God warned Cain and watched as Cain ignored God's warning. You know, I've told y'all many, many times that this Bible is 66 what? Love letters from the Lord God Almighty personally to us. But we can also look at it as a book of warning because God warns us time and time and time again. God didn't, doesn't love us any less than he loved Cain and Abel or Adam and Eve. He loves us just as much and he loved us so much that, that he warns us time and time and time again throughout his word. The problem is, is we, we have time for everything and everybody and every book and every movie and every Netflix production. We'll binge watch, but we don't get into the word of God. That was quiet, wasn't it, Bill? God warned Cain that he was heading down a path of destruction. What we saw last week helped us to realize that man has been treating man bad throughout the history of the world. We learned that we cannot change history. We cannot. We have a world right now that is trying, we're offended of history and we're trying to change history. And it doesn't matter what you do, you cannot change history you can't do it you can't you know why it's history because it's history it's in the past and if we keep down the path that we're going down now I don't know what history teachers are going to teach anymore I really don't I can't change history I can't change society or current culture but listen we can change us I can't change you and you can't change me but we can change ourselves if we're willing to change, if we're allowing God to change us, that we might let our light shine bright for, for his glory. Now, today I want us to see our world from yet a, a different perspective. So look with me at Luke chapter 4. We're going to start reading in verse 16. Luke 4, verse 16. And Luke records, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, Jesus' hometown. This is Jesus coming into Nazareth. As usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Now, hold on a second. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is Christian. What's Jesus doing going into the the synagogue on the Sabbath? 
Why was Jesus going into the synagogue on the Sabbath? Huh? He, he, he was a Jew. Jesus was a Jew. He was the Jew among Jews, right? So here we are. He's walking in Nazareth. He goes into synagogue like he has always done, and he, was, he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. Did it say he, re, he requested the scroll? No. It was given to him. Did he know that scroll was coming to him? <laughs> Tony, he knew. He, he knew. He knew exactly what scroll was coming to, coming to him. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began saying to them, Today, as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. Woo! Now, listen, that should have been a glorious day. It should have been a glorious day. It should be a glorious day for us. But he doesn't stop there. Verse 22 says this. They were all speaking, those who were in the synagogue, they were all speaking well of him and were amazed by the, the gracious words that came from his mouth. Yet they said, isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't this Joseph's son? Listen, if, you, if you're reading scripture and somebody proclaims somebody something, whether it's master, teacher, prophet, priest, Lord God Almighty, what they name him is what they identify him to the highest degree. The people in his hometown, some of them, as they were talking, saying good things about him, Dan, some of them said, hold on a second, ho, 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 hold on a second. Isn't that Joseph's boy? Isn't that Joseph's son? Verse 23 says this, Then he said to them, No doubt, you will quote in Proverbs to me, Doctor, heal yourself. All we've heard that took place in Capernaum, do here in your own hometown. Now, now where did Jesus hear, heal yourself? When he was on the cross. Take yourself down. Heal yourself. Verse 24 says, And he said unto them, I assure you, no prophet is accepted in his, own town, in his hometown. I believe that, that that stands true in a lot of places still today. But I say to you, there were certainly many widows in Israel in Elijah's days when the sky was shut up and there were year, uh, three years and six months while a great famine came over the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them but to the widow Zavarapath in Sidon. And in the prophet Elijah's time, that there were many in Israel who, who had serious skin disease, yet not one of them was healed but Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, everyone in the synagogue was enraged. They got up 
to, and drove him out of town and brought him to the edge of the city of the hill and their town was built on, intending to hurl him off over the cliff. But he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Now, listen to me, y'all. Before I get into the meat of this message, I, I want y'all to envision this, everything that just took place. They, Tracy, they were enraged by what Jesus was saying. They drove him, they drove him out of town to the edge of a cliff. And what he had just said had no impact on him, on them whatsoever at all. They weren't impacted by it. Even though he read the prophecy and said the day that prophecy is being fulfilled, well, I mean, they should have been overjoyed and, and in a state of celebration, but that had no effect on them. But something in this scripture, Bill, should have had an unbelievable effect on them because this, this synagogue, which was made up of Wednesday night class, how many people did you have to have to form a synagogue back in that day? Come on. 10 to 12 what? Men. You had to have 10 to 12. So there were at least 10 to 12 people there. 10 to 12. The, all these people had their eyes on them, and they were driving him out of town at the edge of the ledge. This always makes Amy nervous. Just right here. He was standing on the edge right, right here, and then all of a sudden, guess what happened? Jesus walked right through him. He just disappeared. Now, I don't know if y'all have ever been into a fight or y'all have seen a fight, but when somebody, you know, when somebody's being ganged up on, if they try to leave, well, what happens? They lay hands on them, right? Did they, did they lay hands on Jesus? No, 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 no. He just walked right through. How, how is that? He was the Son of God. The Son of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray that you'd be with us right now. Pray that you would still our hearts and still our minds. Help us to feel your presence, Lord. Help us to know that you're here. Help us, Lord, to see where we need to see ourselves in Scripture this morning. In Jesus' name I do pray, and all God's children said, amen. If I were to, to, to ask every person in the room who just read this Scripture with me, and I asked Give a title of the sermon that would be preached from this passage, passage of Scripture. I imagine that we'd get a multitude of different titles. Different people would say all different sorts of things. My title for this message this morning is this. Do not miss out on what Jesus has planned next. Don't, don't miss out on what Jesus has planned next. Dan and I were talking just a few minutes ago before the, the service started. Y'all, we are. We're, we're in the midst of, a, um, I mean, it's turbulent in the world today. Not just in America, everywhere. But what Jesus has planned next, we need to be ready for. All day, every day. And it's not just one thing. Now, when I say be ready for what Jesus has planned next, the first thing that comes to y'all's mind is what? The rapture, the rapture of the church. Brother Kyle, that's crazy. That was a rapture of the church. No, listen, you, you can think it's crazy all you want. 
The, the Bible, everything that the Bible says is going to take place, is taking place. People are just like, I, I can't, Joey, they're saying, I just, I can't believe what's going on, even in America. And listen, the preacher's been saying it since I've been here for nine years. America's not seen in the scriptures. So we've either lined up with somebody who is, or we're destroyed. So what should we do? We should be praying and siding with Jesus on everything. Because we are either going to side with somebody who is in the end times or we're going to be destroyed. And the way it looks like now, we're going to destroy ourselves. There's nothing new but to be prepared. So we need to know, listen, we need to know and understand that Jesus has something coming next. Well, Brother Kyle, what, what, what's coming next? Well, you can see a lot of what's coming next by reading Matthew chapter 24. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing to see politicians get on, on television and say, this is happening because of this side, and this is happening because of this side. And I'm standing back saying, listen, guys, it, it would really do you well to, to read Matthew 24 because it's unfolding on a daily basis. Give credit where credit's due. This is prophetical, man. What is it that we have the possibilities of missing. Well, what have we missed so far during this virus? Have y'all thought about that? What, is we, what have we as a church missed during this virus? The biggest one that I've heard more people say than anything else is we missed a real big day. What was that day? Easter. We missed Easter. I, I heard it from just about every, everybody. Every, Easter is so special to people because it's when we celebrate our uh, the, the, our Savior raising from the dead, amen? It's Resurrection Sunday. That, that's when everybody puts on, they take a shower, they take a shower before church, Tony. That was, that's the one, one Sunday. Everybody takes a shower before church. And they usually put on a new dress or, or new clothes. This, now, Justin, this has been my Easter suit. Golly, I don't know how many years. I mean, because it seems like it's the, the start of spring and this, you know, I, I, I dust it off. But we missed Easter. We missed the flowers and the congregation. And now we still had Easter Sunday meal afterwards, but we missed each other. But we've missed something else too. So I heard somebody else just say it. We missed VBS. I mean, that's a special time here at the church. And, and I love watching this because people, especially after day two, people are starting to get sluggish. And it's done. It's taking them just a little bit longer to get the kitchen clean after everything's done, aren't they? And by day three, people are a little bit, you know, they're just a little bit on edge. And they get here, and they're just, you know, kind of like, but when the kids start coming, it just all fades away, doesn't it, Miss Virginia? It doesn't matter what's taking place or what, I mean, we, Bible school is special here. It, it always has been. Becky and Poppy go overboard decorating the sanctuary. You know, I, I think that I've had to get on Poppy one time since I've been here. Just one time. And y'all don't know what I had to get on him, do you? I had to get on Becky too because Becky, Becky allowed it to happen. I can't believe Becky did this. Becky, you know what I'm getting ready to say? In the sanctuary, I came in here and they had decorated. Gary, they had decorated. It looked so pretty. It looked good. I was like, man, God, look good. And, I, and then I, I got to looking real close. They had taken a staple gun and stapled stuff into the walls. And then I was like, oh my gosh. You remember that, Becky? 
we had stuff, I mean, everywhere. Back of the pews, on the walls, across the thing, you know, the, our, our molding in the back. But we go all out when we missed it this year. We missed it. We missed another special day, Mother's Day. We missed it here. What's so special about Mother's Day? Listen, Mother's Day is, is when mothers, you get to bribe your children, especially your heathen children. You do. Because the, the heathen children will come and say, you know, Mom, I, you know, what you want for Mother's Day? <laughs> Bless God. I'm, thank you. I want to see you on church Sunday morning. Well, I, I've got to work Saturday night. I don't care. You ask what I want. You, you want to give Mama what she wants, you be here Sunday morning. I'll dust off the pew. You can sit down right beside me. Mamas get their babies in church on Sunday morning a lot of times. We miss fellowshipping with each other on a weekly basis. Some of y'all, this isn't special, but it's special to me because I love it. We miss the Iwana Grand Prix. We miss the Iwana Grand Prix. Now, y'all, some of y'all don't know what it is, but the, the Iwana children, they'll take weeks, sometimes months, and take a piece of block wood, and they'll design it, they'll cut it, they'll, they'll put wheels on it, and they race it down a track. Now, some of your parents do it more than you do, But still, I mean, it's, it's a time where the children, I mean, they just have a great time. And if you haven't, when we go back and we have an Awana Grand Prix, you need to come and watch. For one, I think we were going to have a taco bar this year. I mean, come on, y'all. You get, you get a meal, and you get to, to fellowship with these little children and love on them and, and cheer for them and get excited about a block of wood. Praise God. Amen. But, but we missed it this year. We missed, listen, Donna, we tried to schedule it twice. We, tell them, Donna, what we missed. The chili cook-off. So this year, the self-proclaimed 2020 chili cook-off winner is me. <laughs> I've entered every single year, Gary. I don't know how your wife won. She won, she won you win two years in a row, Angie. Closest I've gotten to winning was second place. And it wasn't even chili. It was chicken chili. I just brought it because everybody, I just wanted to bring, Amy said, bring something different. So I had chicken chili. And I got second place for chicken, chicken, chicken. That's like turkey bacon. It doesn't even sound right. <laughs> second place for turkey, chicken, chicken chili. But this year I'm the winner. Trophies at my house somewhere. We missed our graduation slash youth Sunday, which is going to be rescheduled soon. We missed our graduation slash youth Sunday, which is going to be rescheduled very soon. Thank you. Thank you. We've missed out on Sunday night services, Wednesday night services, Wednesday night Bible studies, Awana, Sunday school, and discipleship training for almost three months now. Oh, me. And our choir. I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure I left women's ministry. I mean, it's about time to have another men's discipleship ministry, isn't it, Gary? It really is. We, we've missed out the past three months. We've missed faces, relationships, handshakes, and hugs. We've missed smiles and laughter. We've even missed a few tears. In the midst of the shutdown, there were many days that I looked at Amy, and Amy looked at me, and I mean, we, we could read each other's minds because we've been together since we were 17, and we were saying, we got to get out of this house. we got to just see people. 
we got to get out of this house. We just ride around. Some of y'all, we'd ride around in y'all's neighborhood. Some of y'all said, go there goes the preacher again. What in the world are you doing? Sharon, we passed y'all's house several times. James was out there tinkering in the car with, with, with some sort of car. I, James, you got it fixed and running yet? Good. Is it running? All right, good, yeah. So he had all this time to fix, work on the car. But we missed. We missed out. When I look at today's Scripture, when I look at today's Scripture now and the mindset of all that we've just considered, we have to see that those who were standing in front of Jesus were about to miss out on one of the most amazing experiences they could have ever had in all the world. And listen, they had no clue. This group of people who watched Jesus grow up in his hometown were about to miss the most unbelievable blessing that they could have ever received. And they had no clue. They had no clue. Where did those, what did those in Jesus' hometown miss? What is it that they missed? Verse 16 tells us that they missed his presence. They missed his presence. Look at verse 16. Verse 16 says this. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Was that his first time there? He was just back for a visit, right? Well, this is where he was brought up. So he came to Nazareth where he was brought up. As usual, he, he entered the synagogue. Was this the first time he entered the synagogue? No, this, this was his, what we would call his home church. When I go home to Rock Hill, South Carolina, there's two or three churches that I'll attend from time to time. But my home church is Calvary Baptist Church in Rock Hill, South Carolina. They're the ones who sent me off into ministry. They're the ones, that's the church that I got ordained at. That's, that's where I accepted Christ. That's where I was baptized. That's where, I think, Emily, you were saved there in Awana. We have roots there. This was Jesus' home synagogue. And on the Sabbath day, he stood up. And he read. Church, the first thing they missed was his presence. When I, when I do get to go home to Calvary, we will park in the parking lot, this big, huge parking lot, and we'll make our way into the sanctuary. Now, most times we don't tell anybody that we're coming. I mean, we're, we're nobody special. And, and as we're walking through the parking lot, Butch people will spot us, and you'll say, hey, hey, you, know, you can see what they're doing. They're saying, look, look at that good-looking man right there. They, oh, wait a minute, that's Brother Kyle. And, and, and there's Amy. See, Amy, Amy grew up in that church. Her granddaddy was the pastor for 28 years. That's the only church she really knew. So we'll walk to the front door, and they've got a greeting area, and everybody will start hollering out to us, hey, pastor, hey, brother, hey, brother Kyle, hey, hey, Amy, and we make it away. And during fellowship time, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, we, we had to beat them off with a bat. I mean, people trying to give us money. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that good. But, see, our presence is felt that they know that we're there. On this day in the synagogue, his own people, his own people that he grew up with didn't get his presence. They missed his presence. They didn't know who he was. Y'all, what would it be like if Jesus walked through that door? I mean, holy moly. Have you thought about what it's going to be like when you first stand in his presence? I, 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 don't, know, I don't know what's going to take place in your life, but I mean, I can imagine... Tears. Well, Brother Kyle, hold on a second. Scripture says there's no more tears in heaven. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm talking about tears of joy. 
I'm going to fall down face on my, just to my face, my hands. I mean, I, I might just, Tony, I might lay prostrate, right? Just, just really. Why, why are you doing that? Because I'm going to be in the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. My Lord and Savior. He changed my life, church. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be in his presence. But on this day, there's, there's no presence felt. They miss, Gary, they miss the presence of Jesus. Verse 17 and 19 tells us that they missed out on their own prophecy. Look at verse 17. Verse 17 says this, The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me, God has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and recover sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. They heard that prophecy. Was that the first time they'd heard that prophecy? No. Listen, they were looking, they were looking as they're looking today for their Messiah. And he stood right there before them and he quoted the prophecy and they missed it. They missed it. But there's something else they missed. Verse 20 and 21 tell us that they missed his proclamation. Look at verse 20. He then rolled up the scroll gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. He began by saying to them, Today, as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. Church, they, they missed his proclamation. Can, can you imagine hearing those words, you've been looking, you've been listening, you've been waiting. It's, it's like a, great, a day of great anticipation. And as I sat in my office and I tried to think of how we could, I could illustrate this, for, for us, it's like working every day for two years. No breaks, no vacations. You work every single day, except for maybe one or two days off a week. And you have this, this grand vacation planned. And as the vacation plan, you know, is, every day comes closer and closer, your heart builds with anticipation. With some of y'all, and I do this myself, when, when I have a, a really nice vacation plan, I, I've got an app on my phone that's a countdown. My countdown got canceled last week. But it'll say... 56 days, 17 hours, 23 minutes, and 14 seconds. Right? And you, you can't wait for this day to get here. Well, the day that these people in the synagogue had been waiting for, it was there. It was there. And he said, listen, the, today this prophecy is fulfilled. I, I'm it. I, I'm here. I'm here. They missed it, Butch. They missed it. Verse 22 tells us that they missed something else. Look at verse 22. Verse 22 says, They were all speaking well of him and were amazed by the gracious words that came from his mouth. Yet they said, 
Isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't this Joseph's boy? They missed out on his true identity. On who he was. What they should have been saying is, hey, this, this, this is the son of God. But they gave him the greatest recognition that they felt like he deserved. This is Joseph's son. I used to drive around town, and some of y'all used to see those bumper stickers. It says, my boss is a what? Jewish carpenter. That's exactly right. I used to ride around town with that, and I'm sure that confused a lot of people. But Jesus was a carpenter. And I imagine somewhere in some antique store in Israel, there's probably some, like a stool or something that Jesus and his father made. Nobody knows who made it. I mean, I, they, didn't probably, they didn't sign it underneath it or anything like that, but... Somewhere, some, I mean, can you imagine? That's who they called him, Dan. They missed his identity. They missed the meaning also of future prophecy seen in verse 23. He gave them the, the reason they would miss the prophecy in verse 24, saying, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. And as I said earlier, that, that still remains same in a lot of places today. Church, they missed a grand illustration that was widely known by all Jews in verses 24 through 27 when he speaks of the prophet Elijah's life during a time of famine. This is what John Phillips, scholar and pastor, says about this section of Scripture that we just read this morning. He says, in the Old Testament, prophets normally surfaced in times of apostasy. Nobody wanted to see the prophets coming. Nobody. Nobody. When the prophets came into Jerusalem, they, 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 they all ran. They hid. They throw, throw rocks. They knew that, listen, a prophet wasn't coming to, to, to prophesy great things that were taking place. They were coming to prophesy what God was getting ready to do. And nobody liked to see what God was getting ready to do. So the prophets normally surfaced in times of apostasy, Philip says, when the land was under divine displeasure. Under such conditions, God often turned to the Gentile nation to give them those, those glimpses of his grace and his glory. When Israel miserably failed to give God the glory. At this very early stage in Jesus' public ministry, the Lord revealed through this scripture that he loved the Gentiles just as much as he loved the Jews. The people of the synagogue became angry. Instead of miracles in his own hometown, he gave them a lecture and a most unpalatable one at that. Church, how in the world could the people who knew Jesus the best have missed out on so very much? The very people who watched Jesus as a child are now seen in verses 28 and 29 so enraged when Jesus was telling them, which by the way is the truth. They're enraged by it. That they were now trying to throw Jesus, the Son of God, off a cliff. These have, things have not really changed much in the world today, have they? Right now, Christians are not only being trying to be thrown off a cliff, they're being murdered, they're being killed. Why? For, for telling the truth. For not denouncing Jesus. For saying, I, I'm a Christian, I'm a child of God, and I, I'm, I'm going to stand as a child of God. Things haven't changed 
much at all. Right about now, you might be asking, why is this message so important for us today? What is it? Becky, what is it? Why is this message so important for us today? Because of all the madness that's taking place around us, listen, I'm just about done. Because of all the madness that's taking, around, uh, uh, taking place around us, totally saturating our every, our every and, and very existence, listen, church, we better stop paying so much attention to what's happening and focus our sight on Scripture and Jesus. We really better. Or we too are in danger of missing out on what Jesus has prepared for us next. If, if all our focus is so scattered and we can't wait to, to find out, hey, listen, what destruction has taken place next, and we eat it up and it just, it just saturates and get in, gets inside of us, we're not going to be focused on what is coming next. Y'all do, Deborah, you do know something's coming next, right? This, this ain't over. And, and, and Tony, I mean, I've said it thousands of times. You've said it thousands of times. And, and this is what happens. Cameron, this is what happens. When the next thing happens, people are like, oh, how can this be? Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, Really? <laughs> Really? And Kyle's still in there, and I'll be like, dude, really? <laughs> You're surprised? I'm not surprised. I don't, Miss Desi, I don't know when the next thing's going to happen, but I know it's going to. I do. So we need to be prepared and know the next thing's happening. Well, hold on, hold on. What is it that we're in danger of missing, Brother Kyle? If we're not listening, we're not paying attention, what is it that we're in danger of missing if we're not paying attention and we're not in Scripture and we're not focused on Jesus? What could we miss? Because I don't want to miss anything. Listen, church, I've missed enough in the past three months. I don't want to miss anymore. I don't. What are we in danger of missing when we're so saturated with what's taking place in the world? I'm glad you asked because I'm fixing to tell you. Number one, our salvation and the benefits that come with our salvation. You're, you're, you are in danger of missing it. You, you're so saturated and you're so passionate about everything that's going on in the world. You better get passionate about Jesus. Because everything that is in, that's happening in the world is pointing right towards Matthew chapter 24. And it cannot be denied. It might have been denied two or three years ago. It could definitely have been denied 10 or 12, 15 years ago. But you look, look at what's taking place in Matthew 24. And you say that Jesus isn't the Son of God. You're delusional. You're absolutely, you, you are delusional. You have the opportunity of missing out on, on a great salvation and all the benefits that come with that salvation. But God, what are you talking about? It comes with benefits. Love, peace, joy, hope. It really. We ought to be displaying those right now more than any time in history. People need to see love. They need to see our hope. And when they look to us for answers, which they do. I had a neighbor 
called me the other day and said, listen, I, I've got, I, I'm in trouble. This, this neighbor's never, I mean, I've, I've tried to come, get him to come to church. Nope, 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 not happening. But when something happens, guess who they call? Yeah. Church, listen, we, we have got to be the salt and the light. And, and if we're not paying attention, if we're paying attention to everything that's going around, we're going to miss out on being able to be the salt and the light. When they come and tell you, man, what, what is going on? You need to read Matthew 24. It'll enlighten you. You really do. And, oh, and by the way, it's, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Well, what do you mean it's going to get worse? Just let me tell you about Jesus first. <laughs> but it's going to get worse. Use it as a platform, church. You've got to use it as a platform. What else are you in danger of missing? You're, you're, listen, you're missing out on your personal sanity. You really are. Can I tell you, listen, whoa, my goodness gracious. One of the greatest things, one of my favorite things to do, Tony, uh, in the afternoon when I get home, is I intentionally, I intentionally, on purpose, do not watch the news. I don't have a favorite news network. I don't like all any of them. None of them. I don't have a favorite local TV network. I don't like any of them. None of them. You've got, you've got to stay informed. No, I don't. I know what's coming. Tommy, I can't stop it. There's nothing I can do. All I can do is get more Jesus and let my light shine. Can't stop it. All I can do in the midst of all hatred is love more, do more. Listen to me. Why don't you shut your mouth and start showing the love that you have? Start ta stop talking it and start showing it. Stop talking about change and be the change. Amen? But you, you, you have a, you're going to miss your sanity. What else are you going to miss? You're going to miss if you're not paying attention, Tony. If you're not paying attention, Miss Desi, if you're not paying attention, if you're not focused on Jesus, you're going to miss something else. Rewards. Rewards. You see, what God has called us to do hasn't stopped because the world seems to be on fire. It hasn't stopped. Well, Brother Kyle, we can't meet in church the way we're supposed to. That's right. The church has exited the building. Did y'all get your T-shirt? The church has exited the building. Now, we're back on a, you know, a smaller scale. But listen, we need to continue doing what we're doing. Well, why do we need to do it? Because there's still lost people dying and going to hell every day who do not, who have not accepted Jesus as their personal Savior. And we need to be telling the world how great Jesus is. How do I do that? Just tell them what he did for you, what he's doing for you, what he continues to do for you, how he changed your life. He did, didn't he? Didn't he? Change mine. You see, when we do what God has called us to do, and, and it hasn't stopped, he has rewards for us in heaven. Brother Kyle, whoo, what, what kind of rewards? I don't know. I don't have a clue. But it's better than anything that's on this earth. I know that. Amen? Way, way better. What does it look like? I don't know. What does it smell like? I don't know. What does it taste like? How big is it? That's what we want to know, isn't it? How big is it? When I was a kid and Christmas came, I looked under the Christmas tree, and I didn't want the small box. Mother, I wanted the big box. How, how big is it, Brother Kyle? It's ginormous. But if you're not doing what God has called you to do, if you're so focused on everything else, you're going to miss out on rewards. 
Now was the time to be just racking up on them, church. What else are we going to miss? Oh, the big one. If your focus is just somewhere else, you're going to miss the return of Christ. I'm saved, Brother Kyle. I'm not saying you're not going to go up in the rapture. I'm not saying that at all. Scripture tells us to focus our eyes where? On that eastern sky. Now, I, I, I don't, Colin, I'm, I, I try to figure stuff out. I mean, I, I, I like to know. If you study Scripture and you, you look at the ex-catology Scripture about the end times, I couldn't get it out. There's a lot of things that tell Israel to be watchful even in the night. So I'm thinking, okay, hold on a second. He's trying to tell us something. So if it's nighttime in Israel and Christ comes to rapture the church, most likely it's going to be what time here? Daytime. Could, could, be, could be. Brother Kyle, you're trying to, you're trying to, you, 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 you're trying to lead us astray. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I don't know, but I try to figure these things out. You know what you need to do? You need to be watching day and night. Day and night. I'm not sure. I don't know. But you better be ready. Watch the eastern sky. Be ready for when the Lord comes. Scripture says that every single day. If a man says he's without sin, he's a liar. He, we, we sin every single day. The only time we're ever going to be sinless like Jesus is when we stand in the presence of Jesus. Right? But I want to be able to hold my head up high and look at him. I do. Don't you? Don't you miss out on the rapture. Don't you miss out on the rapture. I'm going to read Romans chapter 8 real quick, verse 5 and 6. Romans 8, verse 5 and 6 says this. For those whose lives are according to the flesh, think about the things of the flesh. All right, but you get that? Let's read it again. For those whose lives are according to the flesh, think about things of the flesh. But those whose lives are according to the Spirit about things of the Spirit. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. That's good, church. That's good stuff. Church, if we do not find ourselves a way to experience the peace of God, then we're in trouble of missing out on the blessings of God. We have got to learn to find this peace when it seems like all the world is falling down around us. Because in that peace, we find God. And others will see God in us. Do you know my Jesus? Do you know my Jesus this morning? Do you have that peace? Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, as we come to you right now, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your message. We thank you that you've come. That we can experience you every single day through your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would do what only you can do this morning and move through your invitation. Lord, if there's somebody here who's never accepted you as their personal Savior, I pray that today will be their day of salvation.
In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, this, this invitation's for you. If you'd like to come down and just kneel before the altar and pray, if you want to come and accept Christ as your personal Savior, I'll show you what Scripture says. Not me or the Baptist. I'll show you what the Word of God says every person must do to be born again. Will you come? As the music plays, will you come?